Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Coach Josh. I want to officially welcome you guys and gals out in the live Q&A with yours truly, where it's my goal to help you grow holistically for God's optimal use, which is also my goal to help you make sense of your life. And so I uh, just want to welcome you all. hope you all have an exceptional Monday, a magnificent Monday. Um, I'm excited about these Q&As because I get an opportunity to serve you all. Um, so I'm going to give you all an opportunity to come into the live feed, those who are watching live. And as I address um, those who are watching later, I'm gonna let those who watch live come on in. But for those who's watching me, I'm like, man, this is my first time getting to know this guy. This is my first time watching this video. My name is Josh Wesley, also known as Coach Josh. And um, if you enjoy the content on this channel, make sure you subscribe. If you've been watching for a while but have yet to join, go ahead and subscribe because, like I always say, no man, no woman knows they are. When I'm gonna do a live QA. And so go ahead and come on in. Come on and join the community here online. And for those who's watching later or listening later, or they're on Google Play, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify. Or <clears throat> watch later on YouTube. Want to welcome you. Hope y'all doing exceptionally well. I'm gonna go to the live chat box. See who's here. And if you're watching me live, let me know what city and what state you're coming from. And as everybody comes in, make sure you hit that like button. It helps this video gain some traction. Christopher, what's going on? Andrea Love, hey, what's going on? Kizzy Lolo, what's up? What's up? Destin for royalty, what's going on? Life for Carrie, what's going on? Estella, what's up? George Falcon Jr., what's going on? Kizzy Lolo, hey Josh. So my friend is having a baby. She is. Well, I pray, I pray everything blessed in that situation. Let me know if you have a question. Tana says, hey, coach, thanks for your time. You're so welcome. Lizzie Lewis says, how do you get filled with the Holy Spirit by speaking other tongues? Great question. Simply ask. Um, um, the Holy Spirit is a gentleman. And I think when it comes to speaking in tongues, uh, uh, I think first you have to research the benefits of it. Let me turn my light down. Kind of bright. I think the first thing you should do is to uh, study. Study this so yourself approved. Uh, see what the scripture says about the benefits of praying the Holy Spirit. And one of the scriptures that says, um, build yourself up in your most holy faith by praying in the Holy Ghost. That praying the Holy Ghost is, is helping you to rev the engine. It helps you pray things um, that you may not have the words to pray. It helps you uh, uh, be um, electric, uh, uh, in tune and revved up for situations that you may in your own strength may not be able to. I utilize praying the Holy Spirit often, especially in situations that I'm unfamiliar with, especially when I feel something um, pressed in my spirit. I pray in tongues to kind of get me in tune. Uh, when I find myself the, in times where I feel the hardest to pray, I, I pray in the Holy Ghost because it builds myself up because I'm getting in tune with him. But to answer your question specifically, just uh, uh, look to heaven and say, Holy, uh, Holy Spirit, Man, I want to be, I want to pray in tongues. I want the resource that come with that. But it's hard to ask in faith for something if you don't understand the foundation of what you're asking for and its purposes. So I will go online, go to Google and look up scriptures that has things, uh, praying in tongues, praying the Holy Ghost, and, and really process that. And, 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 and everything supernatural to a degree boils down to submission. Um, it boils down to uh, uh, acknowledging. And when you humble yourself and really see why you need it, it will happen to you uh, um, supernaturally. If you if you admit your need, he'll plant the seed. When you admit the need, you will see that seed grow and you'll begin to see it manifested. And, and you will feel the raving of the Holy Spirit and you'll feel it coming up and then you'll you'll be able to do it. Hope to answer your question. I'm scrolling to make sure I cover every layer of your question. You receive the Holy Spirit as salvation. Let me make sure I make the, make sure the theology is plain. You receive the Holy Spirit as salvation. You sealed by Him, 
you're 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 filled by him based upon you allowing him to fill those areas. Being filled with the Holy Spirit doesn't mean I get more of the Holy Spirit. Being filled with the Holy Spirit means that I'm allowing the Holy Spirit to get more of me. That I'm allowing him to flood into every area of my life, bringing truth, which will bring freedom in that area, enable me to walk in a way as if Christ will walk uh, uh, if he was here. And it helps you um, to go deeper sanctification process. So that's the beginning is being sealed. Number two is being filled. And 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 at once you allow the filling of the Holy Spirit to continuously, because I'm going, I'm always every day endeavoring the Holy Spirit to gain every access, every ounce of my life. But uh, asking him for the Holy, for just pray with that heavenly language is just um, yielding. Seal, feel, yield. And then you'll see the rest manifest itself. Great question. Thanks for your time. You're welcome, Tanner. No problem. Christopher London in the building. Crystal Alexis, South Carolina. Thank you for watching. Hey from Atlanta. Hey from Toronto. Hey, Coach Winnipeg. Uh, MB, I think that's what's MB. Winnipeg. Uh, I heard that before. Winnipeg. Um, that's not in that's not in America, I don't think. But thank you for watching. Kelly, what's going on? Ross Scallop says, Hey coach, how do I focus on God when there are so many distractions? Uh, when there are many things distracting me. I feel like I can't focus on my purpose and I need some advice. Great question. Let me break it down one more time so I can kind of process the layers. Hey coach, how do I focus on God <clears throat> when there are many things distracting me? I feel like I can't focus on my purpose. And I need some advice. Focus is a decision. Focus is a choice. Um, anytime you feel um, distracted, um, you know for a fact that there's some type of demonic influence or there's some type of deep uh, idolatry on the inside. Let's start with the first question. How do I focus on God when there are many things distracting me? Now, you already know what your distractions are. So I'm going to define the distractions. Once you define the distractions, then you develop uh, 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 um, uh, the right kind of mindset about those distractions. What I mean by mindset is this, is that there has to be something in your mind that changes that helps you see the benefit of focus. Anything you focus on flourishes. So you have to have a focal point that, that enables you to flourish in the right things. And if your focal point is Christ, if your focal point is to make sure that he gets glory from your life, if your focal point is to make sure that you grow to become even more effective and efficient, if your focal point is that if I accomplish my purpose, these many people are benefited, these many people are blessed, these many things are birthed, then, then the distractions be, loses, uh, uh, it loses its appeal. You see what I'm saying? So you got to change your focal point. Your focal point is not greater than enough. Your focal point has to always be greater than the lure of your distractions. If not, you're going to always be distracted. Uh, um, so when your destiny and when the divine is your focal point, distractions begin to lose their appeal. And so the real question is, you have to ask yourself is, why do my distractions have more of an appeal to me than my focal point? Or am I even focused on Christ himself? And that's when you got to really process your heart and ask yourself, is there anything in me that I am idolizing? Is there anything in me that I love more than God? Or am I just lazy? Or am I just a procrastinator? And those are the real hard questions you got to answer. Because if you don't find the truth and you just try to treat the symptoms, you'll never survive this, this cycle. And so, hey, coach, how do I focus on God when there are many things distracting me? You got to define your distractions, determine define, determine the right kind of mindset of what destiny is and what the divine means. Because honestly, uh, a great motivator for me is death. I know that I would not live 
uh, forever. I know that after death, I will meet my divine maker. And I, and the worst part of it is not death for me. The most disappointing thing that I, that, that moves me is I do not want to look my maker face to face, knowing that I didn't give my best, knowing that I didn't get rid of the rest of the things that was distracting me from filling my purpose. So I'm even more motivated to accomplish my purpose because I know, number one, I want to make my God proud. And that's it. I'm not afraid of God. I just want to make sure that 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 I that I that I maximize my time here, maximize the resources he's given me to help me to accomplish a purpose, man, that 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 gets me when I cross those pearly gates to look my maker in the eye. He has one little gangster tear coming down the right side saying, son, well done, my boy, my good and faithful servant. You did a good job down there, son. You maximize what you need to maximize. That's my joy. So you got to define your distractions and look deep inside of you to find out why am I allowing distractions to distract me? And number two, I got to develop the right type of mindset about destiny and about the divine and about life that moves me. And and, and I got to drive up the value of that. So that thing has more of a, of a, of a pull than my distraction. Um, I feel like I cannot can't focus on my purpose. I need some advice. First off, another D you got to process is demonic influences. Some people are in demonic cycles that has them uh, attached demonically to distractions. And so what you have to look at is, is, is there anything within my, in my jurisdiction? Is there anything within my territory, around my environment that I have allowed in demonically that's allowing a demonic type of attachment to the distractions, keeping me from divine? Sometimes it's discipline, sometimes it's demonic. Chances are it's probably 80, 20, 80% of lack of discipline, 20% of uh, uh, just, uh, demonic influence because demons only prey on the areas where you lack discipline. Demons don't mind you having a desire to do better. They care about your discipline to do better. So what they do is they capitalize on your already present laziness, already present procrastination, already present lack of discipline, and they utilize that to create a cycle of influence or demonic attachment because they know you don't have a strong enough discipline in your life to overcome distraction. So I will look within your environment and say, is there anything demonic around me right now that could have been used by the devil or demonic spirits to cause me to be demonically attached to this distraction with the sole purpose of keeping me in this illusion, keeping me in this place of, of, of non, a non-movement, hindering me from coming my purpose. So when you process those different things, you'll find the answers to why you are where you are. I hope that helps. <clears throat> Zach, what's up, family? How you feeling? My two cents. Hello from Detroit again. Thank you for watching. My two cents. Andrea Love says, Coach, my question is married. My question is um, about marriage. Is ma Marriage is a huge desire of mine. I asked the Lord to remove the feelings of it. <clears throat> of it wasn't his will, but I feel it was increased. How do I know if this is the Lord's will or just me? <clears throat> Let's look at this one more time. Coach, my question is about marriage. Marriage is a huge desire of mine. I asked the Lord to remove the feelings of it. Wasn't, uh, wasn't move of it if it wasn't his will, but I feel it has increased. How do I know if it's the Lord's will or just me? First off, um, emotions are like rivers. Um, the more water you add to it, the more uh, flow you add to it, the more it floods over its, its, its banks. And so um, it's the mind that helps the emotions to stay still, to help the emotions to stay steady <clears throat> and not overflow. 
So the root reason is you got to ask yourself, number one, or first you got to process that if you have a desire for marriage, God doesn't mind you being married. Um, he just minds marriage being an idol. You see what I'm saying? And so what you have to do is you have to process. My light's still bright. My light's shining real bright on y'all today. Okay. What you have to process is, is first off, is there any type of idolatry of marriage? And if you ask God to take the emotions away, um, chances are those emotions, emotions will flood back in. And so what you need to do in the process is, is to find the facts behind these feelings to really process why you feel this way. And, 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 and if you have a desire to be married, God is going to grant that desire based upon his will, his timing and your level of maturity. So don't feel discouraged. What I would do in the meantime is occupy your time, occupy your time with productive activity that keeps you from thinking about it. The more time you have to think about something versus applying your hands to developing yourself and developing your craft leads you to being distracted by it, leads your emotions to be all over the place about it. And it keeps you from really growing and, and, and really flowing in the things of God. And so it, it's okay to desire marriage. Just make sure that your marriage, that marriage is not the ultimate desire of yours. So the real question is, how do I decrease these feelings? You decrease these feelings by channeling these feelings back to the father, increasing your devotion to him, uh, developing a clearer understanding of your destiny and, and really start producing and developing the person that, that needs to developing into the person that needs to produce that purpose and then go according on your merry way and trust God with that. So sometimes emotions have us uh, have unnecessary dialogue about things. And that dialogue is distracting us. Uh, does it, does God want me to have this or not? Does God want me to be married or not? No, don't get so caught up in the back and forth dialogue, especially when God is in the midst. And when God's in the midst, he has a perfect time and perfect season. But in the meantime, occupy that time with productivity. And he's not going to remove the feelings. He's just going to remove the excess feelings. Deep down, you're going to naturally feel like it because it's a part of your purpose. But but he'll remove the excess feelings of it. But you have to allow that feeling to flood into their rightful places, fill up the space that it needs to fill up. And those flood, those feelings going to flood back to the Father. The excess feelings going to flood to the Father and flood to flourishing and bearing fruit in your purpose and bearing fruit in your life. And then you'll see things begin to manifest over time. But every every soul now and every now and then you got to just self-examine and just say, where am I? And that will kind of keep you on a steady track of <clears throat> of doing what's right and growing at a pace that God wants you to grow. Levita Doka says, hey, coach, hope you've been doing well, doing exceptionally well. Thank you so much. I want to build my relationship with God, but I get so busy sometimes. How can I grow my relationship? Life, Levita, is about making sure that your life surrounds your relationship with God, not the other way around. Many times we become busy based upon what we want to behold, based upon what we want to become versus who we need to be beneath and to and to humble ourselves to. And so you got to look at your life and say, OK, am I? Oh, first, I got to look at your list. Look at your time. Your time lets you know where your treasure is. Your, your, your money <clears throat> and your time lets you know where your heart is. And so when you look at your time, now there's some things that gets a lot of time. You know, I'm pretty sure uh, none of us can be able to spend eight hours with God. So I'm not saying I'm saying that, that I have to spend more time with God than I do at, at work because uh, eight, nobody, I can't, that's unrealistic for a lot of people to spend eight hours of sleep, eight hours at work, and then eight hours with God. But you can spend all the time you're 
up and alive and awake with God by being available. Um, the best ability is availability. And, 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 your, and your time increases with God when you begin to uh, become aware of God in every area. So many people think that, well, I didn't really get to spend, I didn't really get to read my Bible like I wanted to, but you was in constant connection with God, constant flow of God, and you spent more time with God throughout your day by being available and utilizing the different pockets within your day, whether it's to commute to work, commute from work, whether it's on your lunch break. You was in such a flow of God that that <clears throat> your availability uh, 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 opened up opportunities for you to really spend time with Him. Uh, but when it comes to like devotion and personal development and 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 allowing the Word of God to do surgery, it all boils down to prioritizing your life and saying, okay, what pockets of my day can I dedicate to God? Uh, what day and time will be uh, unrest- unrestricted, un- unpenetrated time with God that I'm going to be committed to? That's where you start. And then from there, you will begin You begin to feel such a fire, such a passion for God that throughout your day, you will begin to desire those pockets to spend time with God. There'll be pockets where I'm like, I can't wait to get to my lunch. I can't wait to really get in or talk to God or, or uh, write this or process this. Or when I'm walking to go get kids, I'm talking to God. When I'm driving to work, I'm talking to God. When I'm coming home, I'm talking to God. And over time, you'll be like, man, I really spent maybe a couple of hours really just in communing, communing with the Holy Spirit, communion with 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 God and talking um uh and then sometimes you don't need to really do anything to spend time with God sometimes it's just being silent and letting God's presence really really do do some powerful things in those moments and reflection and closing off tabs in your mind all those different things so but to help you practically is that all relationships are hard um, it don't matter who is with. With God is difficult. With 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 a husband or wife is difficult because you have to die. You have to die so much for that relationship to live. And the more you die, the more the relationship rises. You know what I'm saying? So first of all, you got to know that relationships take work, and that you got to do the work, which means you got to make time. Um, I want to build a relationship with God, but I get so busy. First off, don't allow that to build condemnation in your heart as if God, as if you, if, as if, if, as if, if I do more, God would do more. You, God already did enough. <clears throat> so there's nothing else that you have to do. Like most people do spiritual disciplines and spiritual stuff because they feel like they'll get more from God. They're trying to be heaven's pet. They're trying to be, uh, um, t- trying to work for love or work for, that's the wrong type of angle. I'm inspired by God. Work in my life. I'm inspired by what Jesus did for me, so I I want to do more because I truly appreciate who He is. So don't get in the frame of mind that I'm guilty. That's why I didn't get this blessing. That's why God didn't look out for me because I haven't been spending time. I don't don't think like that. God is not tick for tack. God keeps no record of wrong. You see what I'm saying? But what He does is He gives you opportunities to get your to have your mind renewed, which will bet which produce more. Uh, righteous actions or more availability that leads to more productive productivity. You see what I'm saying? Uh, so when you get busy, you feel like you're getting busy. That's when you take a step back and you process. Am I doing too much right now? And 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 where could uh, my lack of awareness or demonic influence that could be pushing me to do something, knowing that I could utilize that time for God? And when you slow your life down, you become more aware of what God wants you to do in each pocket of of the day. That's why I love walking with God and slowing my life down because He'll be like, Josh, go check on this student. Josh, you know what? Take your lunch now. 
But if I'm so busy and so productive, I miss out on the the moment to moment will of God in my life. So ask yourself, what is making me go too fast in life? What is making me too busy? Because trust me, listen to me. If if you have no time for God, your life is going too fast. If you have no time to barely any time, you're doing too much. Or there's something in your life that you trust more than God. Because sometimes we do more things because we trust those things more than God. And when God says, you need to remove this off of your plate and trust me. Yes, you might not make as much money. Yes, you might not get as many clients. But but that's the part you got to trust me with. So those are the things you got to process. And um, practical ways to grow your relationship with God. G, get to know him. R, release any distractions or any relationships that's going to be a detriment to your life. O, you got to just, uh, you got to look for opportunities to build your relationship with God day to day. And W, you just got to work at it. Grow your relationship with God. You got to get to know him. R, you got to release yourself of all demonic influence and release yourself from relationships or rituals. That's making it difficult. O, you got to, uh, um, what I say? Um, search, look for opportunities to grow relationship with God. And W, you got to work at it. It's that simple. Hope they help. Tana says, does God send a detrimental person into your life to see if you would choose your life's gift purpose over that person? Now, God, everything good comes from the father of lights. Um, God doesn't send anything bad our way to tempt us. God doesn't tempt. Um, he utilizes life. Um, life itself tests us. Um, but God does, God would not send anything for your destruction. Uh, the enemy does, and we welcome those things, but God never will. So let me make sure I clear up that area of theology for you, that God is a good God. He's a good father, and he will not send anything for your detriment. Uh, he, uh, uh, he doesn't utilize you as a guinea pig for experiments. Um, he's a God that loves you and only sends you good things. Now, now detrimental can be confused with uh, uh, pruning. I don't think he'll send a person to destroy you, but I'm saying he'll, he, he utilizes other methods to prune, but he doesn't send bad things to prune. Okay. Let's get the second part into your life to see if you will choose your life's gift purpose over that person. No, um, it's, it's the only way you choose a person over your purpose or a person over the person of God is idolatry. It's lust or, um, uh, insecurities, inadequacies, fears. Those are, uh, emotions from the fall and 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 curveballs from the demonic influence. And that's just what it is. So you got to look deep inside of yourself and say, man, what am I doing to welcome those things? What am I uh, what am I currently involved in that's making these things um, um, too strong of temptations for me? But in the meantime, the more you get to know your the person of God, the more you get to know your purpose, you'll withstand these pressures. But but God would not send a detrimental person in your life to see if you would choose. No, there's just natural things in your life that does it automatically. Your own heart, that's deceitful. Um, um, society, that's deceitful. Um, and just life and dem demons that are deceitful. So there's a lot of other things that's doing it by themselves. God, through his Holy Spirit, will help you begin to uh, 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 um, develop the right type of um, per per perceptions, discernment, practices that keeps you from falling in those traps there this tree will always there there will always be a tree to mister your life pulling you from your purpose it has to be there to quantify and to establish uh, what true love is and that's the fallen world that's that's uh, old cycles if you're if you're a person not saved your uh, uh, your current self the old, those things will constantly be at, be against you but you should utilize those things to deepen your roots 
and, 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 and help you stand strong in God. So you got to look deep inside of yourself and say, okay, what is in me and what's outside of me, outside of God, trying to make me fall for a person? Man, chances are it's lust, idolatry, or fear. Idolatry, lust, and fear. At the root of all sins is idolatry. And so when you find those different things, you'll begin to see, this is why that <clears throat> I'm falling for those things. But don't ever think that God sends bad things your way. He's a good God. And I will look up scriptures on the goodness of God, the gentleness of God, and really process his attributes and his character to help you go forward. So the demons won't utilize that against you, cause you to cause an even bigger wedge between you and the father. Hope to help. Charlotte Joel, what's going on, sis? I see and hear people say a lot, what God has for you is for you or what's yours is yours, etc. but cannot find any scripture that quotes this. Do you know where or what verse this comes from? Um, good question. Um... Let me see. Let me look it up. Let's do it together. Nothing comes off the top of the dome. Let's see what. Uh, there are some things that were uh, off the top of the dome, some things that was predestined beforehand. Um, and there's a lot of different scriptures that processes the God's uh, will for your life. I think that's where they kind of get it from. But 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 there's some loopholes in that potentially because um, God can have all types of good things for you. But if you're not allowing his goodness to draw you to repentance, then you will sentence yourself in an imprisonment that keeps you from actually embracing uh, um, those those blessings. And so to answer the question behind the question, I would say uh, uh, there is some truth to that. That uh, or there is an opportunity for that. There we go. That's a better way. There is a truth and there's an opportunity for that, meaning that I desire to to accomplish everything that God has for me. I I, I want to uh, embrace everything. But there are a lot of people whose own consequences, who own choices, who own whose own desires kept them from God's original will for their life because God God. God has a measuring stick for, let me make sure I make this plain so your theology won't get messed up. God, what God has for us or what God desires us to have has to be there. I wouldn't say as a measuring stick, but as, but as a, as a, that's just what a creator does. A creator has an intentional purpose for a thing. So that's just a natural thing that is manifested. But when it comes to the accomplishment of a human being that, that, that it's up to our obedience, it's up to our awareness, it's up to our uh, 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 humility uh, that allows our life through the grace of God and help of God to match what he wants. For a lot of people, it doesn't matter how many mistakes you make. If you if you get it, you get it and you, get, you have an opportunity to accomplish it. But since we have free will, people do what they want to do. And even even God, I don't even want to say it like this, but hear me. Um, there are certain things that I'm not going to say it because I, my futile, my futile mind can't even it's not even at the level to process what God is able to do. But what I am going to say that there are some windows of opportunity that do close and, and God will give you the Kanye shrug. And it's like I gave you my word. I gave you my spirit. I gave you creation to reveal to you that I'm that I'm real. But <clears throat> that's life. So some people do not get everything that God has for them. Um, because of ignorance, because of uh, of lust, and because of pride, 
Uh, but scriptures on that, there's nothing specific that stands out. There are some things that he prepared beforehand that we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works that God has before uh, ordained that we should walk in them. Um, there are some things that that scripture works. Let me find that for you. Uh, so you guys have a text. Uh, we are his workmanship. That is in Ephesians 2.10. Uh, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them, that we should. Should doesn't mean uh, will. Should means you should walk in them, but you're not allowing me to work on you. You're not accepting what Christ did for you. And um, um, you just want to prepare what you want to prepare. So Ephesians 2.10 is one that, that comes to mind on that. Um, but don't get lost in the fantasy or the new age thought of I could just sit down and do nothing and God has uh, he's obligated to do things for me. That's just stupidity. Um, God's a realist and God is the realist. Hope that <laughs> I just want to say that that's that was just real cool. Shalomer says, hello, coach. What's going on? I have a question about divorce and remarriage. I divorced before I was saved due to adultery and physical and mental abuse. Can I remarry? I'm confused on the teaching in the Bible about this. Um, great question. Well, when you look at the text that talks about when a man marries a woman that's been divorced, they created committed adultery uh, at the level of my understanding now. So take everything to the Holy Spirit at the level of my understanding. Now, when I when I say those kind of things, don't take all of it to the bank because I'm still educating myself on it. Um, but to my understanding now, see, back in that day, people were divorcing just for any reason. Right. They, 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 they get married, divorced, they just divorce. And so what God was saying, marriage was so so held in such high honor that that most people are divorcing over stupid stuff. And, and God was like, man, that ain't even good grounds for that. Give yourself an opportunity to get back together now. But the other text says that uh, divorce wasn't God's intent, but he any but he allowed it because due to the hardness of man's heart that he doesn't want a woman to be in a marriage with a man that's that's abusing her. Nor does God want a man in a marriage with a woman that abuses him and commits uh, unrepentant. Um, sins like adultery, and he made a way of escape. I just believe that God is gracious enough to allow you to remarry, especially if you did something in ignorance, especially did something pre-salvation, especially if you did things um, and you was just young. Um, but when it went in that text, at the level of my understanding now, was more so due to the cultural context of that day, because people were just divorcing for all kind of reasons and were not allowing God to mend. And he was like, man, some of y'all just divorcing and it ain't even really uh, um, valid. And so when a person marries a woman that has been invalidly divorced, then it causes complications. God knows the real reason. That's just at the level I'm understanding now. I'm still I'm still at times when I'm able, when I think about it, I look into it. But that's the advice I would give. So right now, don't feel bad. Don't feel condemned. Don't let the devil play with your mind and make you believe that God doesn't have someone else for you. Um, Because um, God understands. God knows. And you made a mistake and that's life. Uh, um, go forward in life and the things of God and God will bring that right person in your life. And do not allow what you did in your past to condemn you and to make you believe an angle of God that's not even a part of his angling and that's not even a part of his attributes. And get to know God for yourself because God is too loving. God is too kind. God is too gracious. God is too merciful to keep something away from you because you made a mistake in ignorance. I That part of his attribute trumps any other things that 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 may hang, hang uh, hinge us or cause us to be stagnant in a thought. So when you process that, then revelation will birth. Uh, revelation, not, not outside the text, 
Now, don't get me wrong. The word of God is still what the word of God, but but some things are cult culturally context in the Bible. And I think the more you research and understand and process what we have in the covenant now, you will see a little bit more grace, a little bit more favor, but not but not stupidity. You know what I mean? You just keep doing stuff because grace abounds. It just says that there's some things that that God looks out for, especially if we did things in ignorance, because that's just how gracious He is. Hope to help. Shiro Camus says, hey, coach, watching from Sweden. Thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for watching. Oh, you got a question, too. How do you get rid of fear of demons after all the spiritual warfare you have been through? Demons are suckers. They are suckers because they use fear to get their job done. And what I mean by that, they know for a fact, if I make you afraid, then, then you, then you will, then you will sacrifice, or or yield, the gift in you, the flow in you. The Bible says He gave you power to tread, tread upon scorpions and snakes, and 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 Bible says by by no those things will be able to hurt you. And the Bible talks about how um, we are strengthened by the power of God. Um, to withstand the enemy. The Bible says if you submit yourself, therefore, to God, resist the devil, he will flee. So what I want you to do is go to my website, Iamunplugged.com. I got this book right now as a free PDF for you called World of War Me. It's a book on spiritual warfare and, and all the things on it in it and about the whole armor of God. If you want the hardback book, you can get the book on Amazon. But if you need the book right now, go to my website, Iamunplugged.com forward slash worksheets. Actually, I'm going to post a link for you right now. So you can have a direct link to it. You can be able to process who you are in Christ, number one, your position, your power, and your purpose. And, and you'll be able to understand who you are in him and what he has for you to do for him and how you can overcome the devil's work anytime. So that link right there will take you to my website um, that will help you uh, process that because fear is neutralized by faith and faith grows in fellowship. Uh, and the more you grow in God and know who you are as his son or daughter, the more power and the more fervor you have and demons ain't nothing, you know, uh, and the word of God will be your foundation uh to anchor yourself on and you'll overcome it. So I want you to get that book. I want you to read through it, process through the scriptures in the back to help you build your faith and go accordingly. But practically, how do you get rid of fear? Um let's look at the word red. Let's see if I can I stretch myself red. First off, all you have to recognize who you are in God and his righteousness on your life and recognize who you are in him. Number two, I you got to uh you got to increase your, your understanding of the word of God. You have to, you have to first off, recognize who you are in God, recognize who God is and, and recognize those things, different things. And, you, and then I, I got to identify with that. You got to, it, it don't matter how uh, much you recognize, you got to identify with it. You got to say, you know what, that he in me, I in him. You see what I'm saying? I, I'm in him, he in me, and we're going to do this thing the right way and for him. And then also I, you have to increase your understanding. Everything boils down to the renewing of your mind. You can recognize a thing, but you got to build your intelligence to that thing. And D, be disciplined. You defeat the devil through discipline. Um, discipline your life. That keeps demons at bay because they can't really find the right angles. And um, and that will help you. That's just quick things. But fear, first off, you got to uh, you got to accept the love of God. The Bible says perfect love casts out fear because fear has torment. Look at that scripture up for you so you can have that for yourself. 
um, scripture. At 1 John 4, 18, there is no fear in love, but perfect love. Hold on. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, for fear has to do with punishment. Whoever fears has not been perfected in love. So first, we got to recognize the love of God, recognize your position in, a, in, 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 the, in, the, in the presence of the living God. You got to identify with that. You got to increase your understanding about that. And you got to discipline your life. And then you will begin and, and destiny center your life. And in fear, you won't be afraid of anything. Hope to help quickly. But the book will help you with a little bit more resources. I got time. Maybe one or two more and I'm out. Puerto Rico in the building. What's going on? Missouri says, question, how much money do I need to have to be with the husband God wants me to be with? Great question. Um, Let me drink to that real quick and process that. I hate humidity, yo. Humidity's of the devil. I know there's no humidity in heaven. Stay hydrated, my friends. Stay hydrated. <clears throat> Let's look at your question. Question. Um, there's every situation is different. Um, you just got to make sure. Don't worry about how much. Just make sure you manage the much you have. That's the focus. Because I rather you be a woman that knows how to manage money versus a woman that is wondering or concerned about how much money to make. Um, and there's nothing wrong with making your own money. I'm wrong with making their own money um, um, and, and being wise with it. But the real answer to the question is um, God is your source and God is the source of your marriage. And as long as you are stewards and as long as you are good managers, everything will take care of itself. Two things you got to make sure you have within your life to be successful in anything. Um, the master and, and, and management. Three M's. Let's make it this. Let's make it plain. Uh, uh, fellowship with the master. Um, what was my other M? I had it too. Oh, fellowship with the master, maturity, and management. Management ability. Those three things should be successful. Uh, fellowship with the master helps you become mature, and the more mature you are, the more you manage the things that 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 are up under you. And so as a woman, that's all you got to focus on. I'm fellowship with the master because I know he's going to master. He's going to help me master me, master my craft and help me to be who I need to be. Next, I'm going to by default of doing it, I'm going to mature, but not just allowing maturity to happen. I'm going to seek ways to mature. And then I'm going to look at everything in my life and manage it well. So look at the money that you have. Don't worry about the amount you need because God has the amount y'all will need. Because if you keep focusing on, well, I don't make enough for marriage or he, what, what, what if y'all both don't have the money to succeed? God will make things happen because you keep the master in the mix. If the master is in the mix and he's mixing and mastering the tracks of y'all life, then y'all song will come out perfectly. And that's the trust that you have to have, that, that God is good and that he is the master. And the more you fellowship with him and get to know him and grow in him, you will naturally mature and also seek ways to mature and you will manage your money. And because and no man, just like no husband, no wife, no man, no one wants to be married to a person who doesn't know how to manage their time, their emotions, their energy and their money. If you can't manage those different things and manage your desires, man, your marriage will expire. 
But but all you got to worry about now is don't worry about how much money you need to make. Just make sure you manage the money you are making and let God multiply what you make. And and, and then when you get married, you will y'all both will submit to the master. Y'all both will continue to mature and y'all will continue to manage your money. But don't trust money. Trust God. So the figure is based upon the purpose God has for you. Because your your level of mastery and your level of management, your level of stewardship will help you make the money that you would need to 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 be in a marriage and to be successful to both of y'all. So y'all both not y'all don't have poor money management uh, uh, skills. That's 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 killing the marriage. If that makes sense. Kizzy Lolo is my last question. I gotta go, y'all. Yeah. Majority of the people I went to school with started feminists and I'm still single and dealt with all these rejections. Let me see if you post something else to that question. Ah, man, oh man. Let's see. And still a virgin. Oh, oh, y'all, are y'all talking back and forth? Let me let me look. Let me look. Uh Kizzy, let me see. All right, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. I think I found it. I think I found you. Okay. Uh oh, you got a lot of comments. Let me see. Let me find your first one. Okay. Let me scroll up and find your question. Case Lord, you gotta change the way you think. And still never been in a relationship or had a first kiss. Don't worry about that. Man, your lips are precious. Don't worry about your first kiss. Don't worry about what everybody's doing. Uh, um, don't worry about uh what you're missing out because what you what you're missing out on now. They're missing out on what you're doing now, and they're gonna wish they was in the mix of what you was doing now. It's that simple. So don't worry about being 22 and being single, man. Everybody else, man, they can kick rocks. And most of the people that's getting in a relationship right now, they're wasting time, wasting energy. See, look at I'm gonna say look at my life, but I I I it sucked in my life because a lot of people was moving fast and getting things. But the people that was speeding through life have been pulled over later while I'm still trucking. You see what I'm saying? And when you get so caught up in why everybody's doing a thing versus the the reality of the thing that they're doing prematurely, then you'll find yourself idolizing that idea, getting mad at God and selling for someone that's going to be destructive. So don't worry about what everybody else is doing because not everybody's doing the things the right way. And I and I feel bad for y- y'all's generation because back in my day, we only we only had to compare ourselves with the people we went to school with. Now you, you can now you compare yourself with the world. And, and and most young people don't understand that what the world is doing, masquerading on Instagram is all a lie. They're not really happy. People fake happy. And never compare your life to, to somebody else's fake life. Because when you compare your real life to someone's fake life, you're going to wish your life was as fake as theirs. And then when you realize their life was fake, now you got a bunch of, of fake friends, a bunch of bad situations, and you're not really succeeding. So I wouldn't worry about it. I know you posted a lot, so I can't really see all your questions. And, and so, man, they started families. A lot of people started families, but they didn't start their purpose. It's That's cart before the horse. If you start a family before you start your purpose, then you start a family prematurely. It's that simple because your purpose helps you um, perceive the right type of person to start a family with. So anytime some people start families so young and they don't even know themselves, you don't want those problems, my friend. Love you guys. I got to go. I hope y'all doing exceptionally well. Hope y'all have a great night. Any other questions I didn't get to, I'll do my best to get to them. Um, not get to them, but 
like I said, subscribe, hit the bell, get the post notification because no man knows a woman that knows that. When I'm gonna do a live QA, but coach is tired, coach is gonna get go to sleep. Mm. Don't compare yourself to other people's life because a lot of people lie with their life. Books online, book on spiritual warfare, world war me is available online. My book, The Purpose of Freedom, a book on soul ties and strongholds. Dating Prep is another book I wrote that has a card game that you have to buy separately. Um, that's available online. Uh, the Purpose of Singleness is a book. And with our course that we do every Thursdays online, six books. Uh, my, my book Unplug, of course, Top Things Unplugged, first book I ever wrote. And as he says, my children's book with cartoon characters. All those books are online. Ways for you to give, ways for you to support, ways for you to get involved. All that good stuff. Um, I love y'all. Gotta go. Uh, what I'm unable to do in human form, the Holy Spirit can help you in supernatural form. He's there right now to help you. Um, I love y'all. Y'all be blessed. Y'all next time. Peace.